What's up, everybody? Welcome back to After Dragons, and this is episode five of our creator interview series. I'm joined today by Brett Murphy, the writer and creator of Paranormal Hitman from Behemoth Comics. Uh, Paranormal Hitman will be a four-issue series with number one scheduled to release uh, February 10th, so coming up here soon. Brett, welcome to the show, man. Thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Definitely. No, it's going to be good to uh, to dig into the book a little bit and... Um, and learn about these these paranormal hitmen of yours. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before we before we discuss the the book a little bit more, um, let me read the solicit here for the listeners. Uh, we've got The Sopranos meets Ghostbusters in this action comedy starring Gene Rizzo and Devon Grace, two hitmen working for the infamous mobster Alfonso Carboni. After being recruited into a mysterious government agency, not only will Gene and Devon have to hunt and kill ghosts, they will have to dodge Alfonso Carboni and his men. Uh, so we've got a Sopranos Ghostbusters influenced title here. Um, would you care to elaborate on the pitch or or sum it up in your words? Yeah. Uh, so basically, like you said, you know, it's a like a mafia meets Ghostbusters um, type of series where we have these two hitmen. Um, they're recruited into this secret agency, um, U.S. government agency, and you know they're tasked with hunting down and um you know killing ghosts um while trying to retrieve this uh device that brings the ghost back to the living world and not only will they have to deal with um you know the ghosts throughout the series but they'll also have to deal with um being hunted down by the mob itself right yeah it's uh it was an interesting interesting way that that everyone got implicated there uh, in a story with the, I guess you could call them protagonists in quotes, uh, previously having been employed for better or worse by Carboni. Um, and they find themselves kind of at odds there huh? when they go on this new mission or, or start working with the paranormal side of things. Yeah, basically the idea came with, I, I feel like every like mafia movie, it always has to deal with, you know, somebody being a rat. Like if they get brought in by the FBI or, or another agency, the right. first thing that's always brought up is, I don't know, they're going to rat on us. We got to take care of them. Yeah. Is he wearing a wire? That kind of thing. Huh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of spun out from there, speculating wildly as not only were, were there potential rats or someone wearing a wire, but a uh, more supernatural force at the, at the crux of things. And even beyond that it's it's technology again that's caused the problems really huh yeah yeah it's you know this this device it is just you know it's it's you know spiraling everybody down into a, a bad path and it you know uh intense with getting it back but it's uh it's gonna cost them right right it's too great of power maybe or too um too mysterious of outcomes really when you start when you start looking at ghosts and and kind of what the ghosts would want if we were to make them uh, manifest, you know, trying to control that or anything there. It's pretty interesting. Uh, thank you. Yeah. 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 That's exactly what we're going for is, um, you know, it, it started out as, you know, kind of more into like dealing with the, the mob and everything, but then, you know, once we got kind of 
drew it out and wrote more it, it it's kind of more and more becoming about the device that they're that they're building and using interesting yeah and it's and of course there's there's never just one right it's going to be interesting that a few forces or people can capture them or both of them even or mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's it yeah it's exactly <laughs> what we're going for with the the next couple of issues yeah was your um, was your initial plan here with Paranormal Hitman a, a one shot, or did you plan four issues kind of from the from the onset? Um, so we, we we planned it on being a four four issues um, from the onset. Um, you know, we kind of had a synopsis uh, down for for four issues, and then as we wrote more and drew more, um, you know, the synopsis changed, it evolved, and um, it got to the point where we actually wrote um, another four issues following oh, following wow. the first four that, that we can kind of um, add on and, um, you know, come up with like a second arc for the story. That's awesome. So this, so the second arc just kind of naturally developed there as you were cementing the first, huh? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> as, as we kind of came up with the first, you know, Wilson and I kind of, um, you know, Wilson kind of had an idea for like another, um, you know, enemy to appear. And, you know, I liked the idea and, and started nice. writing and, and yeah, another force just kind of just came about. And that seems to be how the comics can really start building, right? With you, once you start introducing some other foes or recurring, uh, recurring foes at that, you've got yourself a, a pretty established world to start playing around in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. One, you know, once we had the, uh, the kind of paranormal hitman universe um, established and right now, you know, it, it kind of got the ideas flowing and, and, um, you know, right. it kind of made it a little easier to come up with like the, the second uh, arc. Kind of like shining a light on another corner of that, of that city yeah. or that, uh, that universe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Did you know um, Wilson Gandolfo before the project or did you guys meet here with the, uh, with the intent on this project? So, um, uh, Wilson was an artist uh, for a friend of mine, Matthew Akund, uh, who's um, you know a, a great writer. Um, yeah, so he's got he, some uh, um, some credits here in the upcoming Paranormal Hitman as well. Yeah, so he's actually um, editing the series, but he also um, wrote a backup story in issue two, and he's writing. Um, uh, like a uh, two page backup stories for or both stories slash fake ads uh, for issue three and four. Oh, nice. Um, so nice. he's kind of pulling double duty as an editor and, uh, yeah, and man, writing. You've got, him, you've got him wearing all the hats. I think most, most folks would wish for an editor like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's great. And then, you know, him being a writer himself, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's good to have somebody like that uh, editing the book because they'll catch things that, that um that you know i mean it's good to have somebody like that right and you can um, kind of see from your your perspective a little bit too or have that writer experience yeah exactly and you know he worked with wilson before on a couple of um stories or comics that he's uh, written so so it's kind of a good relationship uh between the three of us and um you know that's how, how i actually found wilson's art you know i was looking for an artist um uh, that kind of matched the style, like with the book that, uh, you know, kind of what was written down for Paranormal Hitman. And, right. uh, you know, when I saw Wilson's art, it, 
it immediately caught my eye and you know he was the perfect artist uh, in my opinion for you were for sold out when it comes to um shopping for an artist or for a team in that manner do you have a mm-hmm. kind of vision did you have a vision for what paranormal hitmen should look like kind of uh, overall that you were hunting for or were you just looking at artists and kind of you knew and you found the right one yeah I mean I was looking for artists um, and you know I kind of wanted once I saw Wilson's art like I, I knew it, it had to be him like he his <laughs> art awesome. like when I saw his Love art first like, sight. <laughs> yeah exactly because yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah I mean when I, when I saw his art I was like that that uh, that's the guy right there and you know it 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 made it much better that you know he knew matt and um you know bringing matt on board as well i mean it it, it it's just been a great uh a great teamship uh that it really that, takes that a village with the comics doesn't it yeah yeah exactly you got to have the right team i mean I, I, that's probably the most important thing is you know have the right team on the uh on the series right right what was your um creative process like as far as thumbnails and getting the panel art down did you kind of script with um, a pretty definite sense of where people should be and how those panels should unfold or um, did you pull back a little bit to um, to let Wilson kind of do some of the perspective yeah I kind of when I when I um, wrote the script I kind of you know, once I start talking with Wilson, um, you know, I kind of pull back a little bit and ha- let him have some free reign as to like, you know, how you wanted to do the backgrounds, if you wanted it day or night. Oh, nice. Um, so just yeah. kind of uh, other, all the other elements of the panel basically that aren't mentioned are up to the artist's interpretation, huh? Yeah, that that's what I went with. Uh, you know, I kind of said, hey, here's who I want in the scene. You know, here's, you know, the type of action that I kind of want to want this panel to portray, but like everything right. else, like, Hey, have fun with it, you know, use, uh, you know, kind of go with what you feel like would work best. And, um, you know, Wilson does a great job, um, you know, with his, uh, with his heart. And he also has a lot of input as well, which is great. Um, you to know, he might come an back active and- artist there, right? Yeah, yeah, like he'll go back and say, like, hey, what if we did this pose instead? And you know, he'll he'll kind of sketch it out, and I'm like, oh yeah, you know, that that actually works. That actually looks uh, looks pretty cool. So um, you know, it's it's a good uh, it's a good relationship that we have and that we built um, working on the series. And you know, I I couldn't cool. ask for a for a better artist than uh, than Wilson. Definitely, yeah. The reason I ask is I've been uh, dabbling in some script writing myself, but haven't gotten that far down including the artist. And uh, Mm -hmm. definitely one of the hurdles has been the right amount of description on the panels, right? Trying to explain enough, but maybe not too much. Uh, So that's always interesting finding that balance there. Yeah. And that's, you know, when I wrote scripts before, I I kind of, I felt like I might've put like too much detail in there. And then like, as I wrote more, I was like, you know what, it's, you know, I feel like it might like from uh from where i first started writing scripts to like where where i am now i kind of feel like it's you know better to have the artist kind of have more input and because they're they're the ones that are ultimately you know putting it on the paper that are kind of drawing your world so I, i kind of let the artists have more free reign to kind of 
put more detail on there. For sure. No, I find that process really, really great that you can sort of build this idea with the script and then find an artist to manifest it basically. <laughs> so it makes yeah. sense that uh, giving them some, uh, some control there or some, some elements there that they can choose or some feedback is always great. And, you know, keeping for every one of the, every member of the team excited, right. That way you're not giving yeah, them exactly. something they don't want to draw or. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like it'd be boring if I just wrote like, Hey, this is what I want in the background. You got to draw this. This is going right. here. You know, it's, it's. Yeah. It kind of takes away that creative spirit that gets people into art in the first place. Right. That kind of ambition or. Um, that, yeah, that exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you've, um, you've been writing scripts for a while. Uh, were they all for comics or were you writing scripts for other media? Um, no, so far they've been all, uh, all for comics. Awesome. Um, yeah. Awesome. And, uh, how, um, or how or when, I guess, did you decide that you were going to embark on this, on this comic writing journey? Um, you know, I guess it all started a couple of years ago. Um, you know, I was writing for a couple of different uh, music blogs. Um, huh. And I kind of wanted to, you know, I was always in the comics. So I always wanted to, you know, branch out and, um, you know, write a couple of comic scripts. So, you know, I decided to do it and um, and uh, haven't looked back ever since. <laughs> awesome, man. So just kind of jumped into the deep end even, huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just went for it <laughs> that's great that's hey, typically that's the way it's done right just um action overthinking right i was listening to one thing even saying that thinking is procrastination <laughs> yeah yeah that's what i i just like hey just close my eyes jump in the deep end and you know if, if people like it they like it if they don't well at least it tried <laughs> that's definitely a cool thing about the comic medium is that it can be so unique you can really just build whatever vision you had and mm -hmm. if if that's a huge miss you can move right on to the next project but if the, you know odds are that you will find readers just with the diverse audience reading comics uh it's oh uh, yeah yeah you can't and you can't uh you can't please everybody right all the time that old that old saying yeah yeah i mean there's gonna be people that you know love if your they, work and then there's gonna be people that aren't into it it's just Right. You know, right. it's, it's with everything, you know, you know, some people like star Wars, some people like star Trek. It's <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it transcends all of the borders there with the, with the preferences. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's definitely cool to see the, um, the journey of really coming to fruition for you here with behemoth comics. Um, how did you uh, get started with behemoth or were they on your list, uh, um, for submissions for a while? So, um, we had uh, submitted the book to a couple of uh, publishers and um, we had interest in the book. And um, you know, before we ended up going with one of the other publishers, it's, it's kind of funny. I found Behemoth. Um, I saw a book that they were doing called uh, Blackout. And, um, you know, I, I kind of did more research on the company and I reached out to Nathan Yoakum, who's one of the co-founders. And, um, you know, I was asking him a bunch of questions about the company. And, you know, he was going through what they're doing, what they were going to be doing in the future and um, all the licenses that they were kind of acquiring. Ah. And, um, and you know, he, he had me hooked. And, um, you know, I went back to Wilson and said, hey, I think this is the publisher we should go with. You know, they're doing a lot of cool things. And, 
um you know it'd be cool to kind of be one of their first comics that they put out um or well in within a year and um you know we decided to go with them and and you know it's been a uh, you know i think it's been a good decision to go with them because they're 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 really putting out a lot of uh a lot of great content yeah some quality books so far um the one collection yeah. I have from Behemoth here um, in hard copy is the "A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night" mm-hmm. series. That's yeah. just uh, turned out great. So atmospheric, and the and the quality of the books uh, is excellent. Really, as far as the cover and the page feel, that kind of that kind of heft yeah. of the comic book feels right, man. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what uh, you know. All the books I've gotten from them. That's like the first thing that I said. Like what I hear a lot of people say is like the quality is great, and I mean. A girl walks home alone at night. You know, we got lucky that we're kind of coming off the heels of that book because they that kind of, you know, got their name some heads, out there huh? even more. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So Behemoth really just they they got started maybe two years ago. Uh, were they were their creators? Uh, Nathan was he part of another publisher before that, or was Behemoth kind of started from the ground up? Um. I don't think he was part, I don't think they were part of another publisher. I I believe they got their start in kind of like video games with development. Oh, cool. And, um, and, uh, but, but I think they kind of started Behemoth from the ground up. I don't think they've worked for other comic publishers. I, I, I see. think it, it's kind of something they started on their own. That's always very cool to see. I know that the industry is so old and, Mm. Uh, with folks having worked in so many different companies, oftentimes it's okay. The new indie publishers, actually some folks who branched off from X or Y um, as it's been since the image days. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And that, you know, and some of the stuff that they're like, some of the licenses that they're acquiring, um, you know, that they'll probably announce within the year here are, you know, it's, it's just incredible that, you know, a company that just started like a year ago I'm um, publishing or disturbing through diamond that, you know, all, all these licenses that they're getting, it, it's just incredible. Right. Yeah, that's, that's awesome to see them gaining traction so quickly. All hail behemoth there. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, when we signed with them, we're like, yeah, you know, this could be pretty cool. And then it, like all of a sudden they're like knocking out all these big licenses, like girl walks home and night hotline Miami. It's just like, yeah. Yeah. And hotline Miami was another great book. <laughs> that was a game. I spent so many hours just dying rapidly within. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know that, that book did well too. And it's, it's just, uh, it's just incredible. Definitely. And I saw that uh, behemoth has a new distribution partner as well with uh, Simon and Schuster um, announcement that came out a few weeks back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another, uh, you know, huge, uh, huge win for them. Uh, so once once Paranormal is ready for trade, then that means that mm-hmm. you'll have a few different outlets that uh, that that can find a home, right, and find find some shelf space. That's gonna be awesome. Yeah, yeah. That, that was uh, that was cool to hear. You know that they got that uh, distribution deal. So yeah, like you said, you know, uh, once uh, the Hitman goes to uh, trade, you know it. It, it'll probably end up in stores like uh, Barnes and Noble and, you know, some of the like bigger, uh, I guess, bookstores. Right. Too cool, man. That's gotta, that's gotta be awesome to see a, a book coming down the pipeline that you've been, you know, spending so much time on. Yeah. 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 It's a, yeah, it's, it was, it was pretty awesome to see that. <laughs> and um, do you have any other projects on the horizon or is it all paranormal hitmen a little bit here for the near future? Um, yeah. So, uh, 
Um, right now, uh, we have, uh, you know, and um, we're working on a, uh, a license book with uh, Behemoth um, uh, that hopefully we can announce um, within a year. Um, oh, and great. then other than that, uh, you know, I'm working on just a couple of original series um, that, you know, will probably go out and, uh, and pitch within a year as well. Some new stories on your side. Yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah. Some some new series. Yeah, how how much of the art is really needed when these pitches are uh, are proffered? I've, I've noticed that companies have different kind of different requirements. Typically, five to six pages. Um, are, are there other publishers that uh, will take pitches primarily off of a script or just some character design? So, um, what I've kind of experienced is usually it's like three to five pages of sequential art like that's finished in the cover. I see. Um, but like you said, I mean, some, some publishers vary. Um, some might want three. So somebody that I think I actually saw read somewhere where one wants seven pages. Oh, wow. um, they want that yeah, final th- page turn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, uh, I, I would say though, probably the average is five. I see. I see. Yeah. So when you're um, preparing a pitch, hypothetically, do you actually have more of the art than you have submitted already done? Or do you really only commission or prepare those kind of the minimum panels needed just to see if the idea catches or if you can get some traction? Um, I think when we did Paranormal Hitman, I th- I'm trying to remember, um, I think we just had the five five pages and covered on oh, and, cool. um, and had like the script the script was written out and um you know the synopsis for the for the four issues was was all prepared but um i i think you know once a publisher sees the synopsis and they kind of get the idea of the story um you can tell you know, a lot they, from that huh yeah they can tell a lot <laughs> from that as far as like the writer side and then the artwork you know they 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 usually get a good feel you know from the five pages that they received right. you know whether or not the artworks you know there for them interesting yeah it's kind of like meeting their whatever their portfolio is that they have in mind for the public for the brand right or for the for the publisher yeah yeah, finding that right home huh yeah yeah (laughs) um within within uh issue one do you have a uh, a favorite panel or or page or maybe series of panels um you know like in issue one i really love the uh the fake uh ad that we have at the the last two pages you know <laughs> it was I, pretty good I, yeah I, I love that you know we ended up going with uh with something like that in the series and uh you know that that's that's what i love in uh issue one and then issue two um we just finished up issue two and i'll tell you what the the fight scenes and the ghosts that are in issue two are you know, Wilson just killed it. I mean, pretty awesome, a, huh? Yeah, yeah. Like issue one sets you up for the series, and then issue two comes at you full force of like just a huge battle and. Oh, too cool! Just, Basically, yeah, just slowly he, pushing the pedal down here as the issues go, huh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> too cool. Yeah, I think um, it, it's it's always hard to choose a favorite page or favorite panels, but I think what I was going through, I really liked when we met the mob boss. 
Um, oh yeah. You know, yeah. we heard some mentions of of Carboni and the and the family, but there's a there's about a page and a half where we actually we actually meet the man himself, and he he makes quite an entrance. Right, it's your classic Italian restaurant scene uh, with some nuances there, but it's definitely an impactful in, impactful scene. Yeah, yeah, that's what we were we were kind of going for. We were like we wanted to make him just seem like a like a heartless uh, heartless mob boss that just dude you definitely know, <laughs> yeah just takes action before he asks questions. Just, and before that, yeah. really, it seems like okay, Gene and Devon are they've definitely skipped out on a on an assignment or on a uh, a job that they shouldn't have, and they've gotten wrapped up here in the government. But you kind of feel like, mm. you know, maybe that's going to fall by the wayside and it'll be okay. And then that scene with Carboni is just like, oh no, it's not going to be okay. Like they've got some, they've got some stuff to clean up, some dirty laundry. Oh yeah. yeah he doesn't <laughs> want them to uh, spill anything on this uh, operation. <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, I think those ads are a great idea as well to build the. Uh, the feeling of the world and kind of show some other perspectives for kind of what the public is seeing and, and -hmm. reveal some things as well, like the commercial there in the end of, of number one. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we're going for. And then like to add a little more, more like humor to it too, just to. Yeah. Yeah. A little little accent on the end. How much would you say that your script and process changed from the uh, inception to the finished product? Um, not too much. I mean, it's, it, it's kind of been, you know, steady throughout the, the whole series. Um, you know, maybe, uh, just a couple of changes here and there with like, the, like how, how we, uh, bring in the environments, like the different environments, uh, for, for, for uh, Wilson to draw, but I see. It, it's been pretty consistent throughout the, throughout the whole series. Awesome. Awesome. No, I'm looking forward to see how, uh, how it really builds from from number one and how how Gene and Devon make it out alive or or dead or alive or in a trunk or <laughs> yeah <laughs> we'll see what we'll see what really happens huh yeah I think it's yeah and uh, I think yeah, it's set it's, up uh, great each, uh, thank you yeah yeah each each issue is going to kind of explain more too like with the uh, with the cube that we have uh, going on there you know each each issue um from like two to four is going to have a little flashback scenes and uh, uh kind of filling in out the, the true uh, origin very nice so we can yeah see uh, like a few storylines at once for a little bit of the past and the current lines yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah not to mention everything from the past that if you start talking ghosts man and looking at like world history there's just so many areas for creativity there depending on which direction you're feeling or kind of how you are that day huh yeah exactly and that's what issue too you know uh they're they're gonna have a fight at a museum so there's a lot of like historical like, <laughs> that's soldiers perfect. and uh historical like figures that we have just the and, wildest uh, opposition that is been fought here it's definitely a night at the museum museum style uh ghostbusters issue (laughs) yeah yeah exactly yeah that's uh yeah that that's a good way to describe it night at the museums and ghostbusters kind of thrown into one nice no it'll be be pretty sweet to see that when you're um when you're working here on your on your scripts do you stay pretty focused on a single idea until it's across the finish line or do you find yourself kind of 
pulled in a few different directions as the writer. We've talked with some writers on the show here that have really focused on a single book, but others who are working on almost five at once or many different script ideas. Yeah. So like when I write the script out, like I kind of have an idea going into it. And then as I'm writing, it usually tends to, to change a little bit. Like as I'm writing, I, I kind of get different ideas like, Oh, well, actually it would be kind of cool if, you know, we kind of moved into this scene or, you know, we changed this around for the ending. So, so it's kind of like, I have an idea going into it, but it usually, as I'm writing it out, it's kind of like, Oh, well, I'm going to change this. And, you know, this is actually going to be the finish. And so if you get to that page 16, where you thought you kind of had it, had an idea, but based on the actual writing, right. It could push panels out or make a page turn Mm -hmm. different or kind of some pacing. Yeah, exactly. Yep. How about panel design? Is that is that something that you incorporate in your script writing or are the actual panel layouts and um, shapes and that kind of thing more up to the artist's side of the fence? Um, I kind of leave it more up to the artist uh, to decide. Um, awesome. So you know, I kind of just give them an idea of like what I want going on in the panel. And then I kind of give Wilson, you know, free reign to kind of, put what he wants to put on the uh, the panel scone from like just the, right the what idea you, the general idea i see but then you would you say like you would specify okay this page two is going to be five panels and put them all oh, vertical yeah. okay nice. yeah so, yeah i'll uh I'll, I'll do i'll do the the panel layouts in terms of like how many panels i want on each page or you know if i you know we, we don't really have too many uh well we don't have any splash pages um you know i kind of right. tend to stay away from splash pages from the kind of full-on full-on splashes yeah yeah i kind of i'd rather have it more of like uh you know like uh the different panels on on each page right right yeah the um it's it's always interesting looking at the different layouts and and when you're writing a script trying to think of that as well it almost puts you in a director's chair a little bit as you try to think mm-hmm. okay I know what I want to show but how would it be or like how would how should the user or the reader see that right how should they how should they under, come to understand my idea it's interesting trying to roll that carpet out yeah exactly yeah you 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 nailed it right on the head it's it's kind of like being a director you, it's just your job to kind of basically uh you know lay everything out like how you want it to like i, I kind of think of it as a movie like how do i want the hmm. the audience to kind of see it as as if they're watching a movie and that, right. that's kind of what we go with with laying out the uh, the different panels nice are there any um writing references or kind of tools that you would recommend or that you find find useful um n- i uh, i mean i think it's more of just like you know, make sure that if somebody's going to, you know, get into writing scripts, I, I would just say, you know, re- make sure you read a lot of comics. Um, you know, that, that's that's kind of what I did. I just, you know, I grew up reading comics and that, that's kind of how I I went with it. I just, um, there, there wasn't like one specific tool or anything that I used. It was just kind of osmosis after reading so many books you kind of get a sense for that pacing and the kind of stories you can tell huh yeah exactly yeah nice that's very cool to see how that how that evolves um uh is there a a favorite comic of yours here 
um, while growing up on the comics or a favorite ongoing that you that you're really digging here now? Um, uh, one of my favorite comics is actually one of the the recent series um, that I read. Um, I guess in the past five years was uh, I was really a big fan of God Country, which was uh, Don and Kate's. Right. Um, you wrote it for Image. I was, uh, for some reason, I was just a really big fan of that series. and um, It captured you. Ex- yeah, yeah. And I, I'm excited to see what they're going to do. Um, I know it was optioned, I think, by Legendary. So I'm, I'm hoping that it actually gets greenlit and they can, you know, do something with it. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's crazy to see the some scripts just go from from comic book to the, to the screen, huh? to the big screen. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. wild. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I definitely, yeah, uh, uh, definitely need to read God Country. It's on the list. Seems like there's yeah. my reading list grows every day, and I <laughs> try to yeah, read yourself out of a hole. You can only do so much, huh? Yeah, that's the same. Same here. It's like that's one good thing about comics is there's just so many. I mean, there's a, there's a ton of publishers and a ton of different you know genres that that you can kind of just lose yourself in and it's just never ending not to mention the 70 60 years of of backlogs Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's so much exactly Uh, at one point i embarked on trying to read captain america from the beginning and i uh (laughs) i I made it up to about issue 200 or so before i kind of uh, got distracted by other other things but it was a it was interesting reading some of the older books and uh like earlier style comics a lot of propaganda and kind of silliness Mm -hmm. but uh, i think that's the origins of the books honestly because they were more of a they were definitely more of like a kid's pastime originally it's cool to see that over time it's become such a a serious medium that you can really really tell some stories and and you know present some art through yeah yeah it's it's Uh uh cool to see the uh the characters evolve and even the art style you know (laughs) yeah from where it was Definitely. And in, in the writing style, man, some of those early issues are just wacky. Like they're like, yeah. <laughs> they've got magnet boots and just uh, all <laughs> silly stuff, man. But, but I think that's a, it's good to have in comics. And, and there's a, definitely a, a good dose of humor within Paranormal Hitman too, that sort of keeps the beats moving. I think the pacing going, so it doesn't, doesn't get too bogged down in explaining, you know, the scenarios and, and what the characters are up against yeah 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 mm-hmm. that's what we're trying to make sure we add some humor in there as well some good pacing there nice yeah well well brett man i just want to thank you again for uh joining the show um are there any other projects uh we should discuss or um anything else you'd like to talk about here today um no nah, i mean nothing that um Nothing that I can really uh nothing you can announce, announce yet, yet. <laughs> yeah i mean uh hopefully soon uh you can just we'll leave us waiting. To, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think it all depends too on uh, different conventions and stuff, but uh, right. Hopefully the convention scene really gets started again here as it's really yeah. bogged things down this year, but it's, it's exciting to hear that paranormal hitman is more planned already with potential second arc there. So that's uh, exciting. And um, it's going to be cool to see how the book is accepted and kind of how the story unveils here as, as the months roll along, it looks like it's going to be a monthly release. Yeah, so, um, uh, you know, February, March, April, May, um, you know, it'll be issue one, two, three, and four. And then the trade, I don't know if the trade's going to come out a month after issue four, if they wait two months. I see. Um, 
But uh, but yeah, there, there there will be a trade a month or two after issue four comes out, and um, and um, Behemoth for their trades, they sell. I mean, it'll be sold in uh in comic shops as well as uh, a Behemoth's website. They they'll, they'll sell the trades on their website as well. Ah, uh, cool. So you can go directly to the uh, to the company themselves here with Behemoth. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And they have um, all their trades, you know, um, on their website and, uh, you know, ch- definitely check them out. They have a lot of uh, cool um, original stories as well as licensed um, story- series coming out. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, w- I would definitely stay tuned to them because they have a lot of uh, cool things that that'll probably be announced here within the next couple of months. Awesome, man. Yeah, I can't wait to see what's in the pipeline there. And uh, where can listeners find you uh, online here? Um, yeah, so I'm on Twitter and Instagram uh, at B. Murphy Wright. And um, yeah, and, uh, you know, I try to post as many updates as possible just to, uh, you know, uh, keep people in touch with what's coming out with uh, either Paranormal Hitman or, or other series as well. Right. No, it's great to see and to have that that kind of connection with uh, with writers um, with writers like you, man. It's awesome. I just want to thank you again for jumping on the show. And as always, folks, you can find more interviews, reviews, and uh, comic discussion on AfterDragons.com. And you can find me on Twitter at AfterDragons underscore. Thank you.